anyone whose name I kept seeing, I'm getting in front of. I'm asking who they know. I'd meet with the biggest developer in Austin and I'd go meet with the kid in high school. Like I just take any meeting. And it was this crazy approach. Like nobody gets it because they're like, you're just wasting your time. Like people don't do that. People don't just go and and like the key of all of this, man, was I had value to bring. This was after everything. This was after the master's degree, after the work, after the mentors. So it was like, there's no way I can not go to a meeting and give this person value. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Five Talents Podcast. I'm your host, Abel Pacheco. I interview the top commercial real estate investors and industry experts so you can learn from their experiences. So if you're an investor, a high W-2 earner or real estate or tech sales professional that wants to invest in real estate without having to manage properties or leave your day job, then this podcast is for you. Or if you're already investing in real estate, but you're doing it part-time and you want to become a full-time multifamily or full-time commercial real estate investor, this podcast is for you too. You're going to learn a ton. You will learn from real life multifamily investors and other professionals in the industry. They're going to share their blueprints for success. And I'm super excited that you're here. So I hope you enjoy the show. All right. Hello. Hello. This is Abel Pacheco from the Five Talents Podcast. I'm your host. Today, we have what an amazing guest with us, Mr. Matt Teifke. Matt, am I pronouncing your last name right, brother? You nailed it, man. And very few people do. Very few people do. Well, Mr. Teifke, man, I'm super happy that we got connected to Matt. For those listeners that don't know about him, you're going to learn a little bit more why today will bring you a lot of value and a lot of lot of insight, wisdom, understanding how commercial deals get done. Not every single deal is a $50 million commercial property, but they can add up pretty damn quickly. That's for sure. <laughs> so I'm excited to, to hear a little bit more about his story. Well, first of all, when he was younger, 18 years old, got rookie realtor of the year in Corpus Christi, Texas. So I'm from Corpus. We chatted about a pre-podcast interview. Just had a, had a great time learning a little bit more about him. He was in, in Corpus Christi, getting his degree, grinding it out, doing what you know a good college kid does, and you know, rookie realtor of the year, which is just super awesome to, to beat out everybody that has you know all the hours in the day. Got his master's degree at AM and currently Matt manages 750 doors. 750. So just you know wrap your head around that for a minute, being a young guy grinding out and then also has a wholesaling company. He's got his own brokerage. He's got a construction development company. And we'll just dig in to his portfolio a little bit. But Matt, thank you very much, brother. Thank you for joining us. I really appreciate it. Man, I appreciate the intro. That was really cool. And glad to be here. And there's a lot, a lot of moving parts. So happy to dig in wherever, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man, you've done a ton. Every time I give somebody's bio, a lot of people go, wow, you make me sound awesome. I go, man, that was your hard work. Those are all your bullets, brother. (laughs) So congrats on all the hard work and grind. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you're doing today? And we'll just dig in. Yeah, man. So it's always funny because it's like, where do you start? I could go on for 30, 45 minutes, but just real estate hustling, man. My mom, single mom, raised my brother and I ended up having... 10, 15 houses that she owned that I was able to see how that worked. We didn't grow up rich. It's, you know, it might sound like you did if you had 15 houses, but we were middle class. 
those properties didn't make a ton of money, but she made a lot of sacrifices. And I saw that, you know, I still don't know how she raised a single mom with my brother and I, we're wild guys. And she was working full time, making money. And slowly she bought two, three properties a year over 10, 15 years and really built a good portfolio. And so I was just fascinated when I really understood how this all worked. It blew my mind because I had worked all kinds of hard labor. Like I'd done asphalt and paving and worked at a rock yard and I enjoyed stuff like that, but I hated looking at the clock. And once I really understood the concept of buying a house or or getting a, a mortgage and somebody paying that off over time, I was like stuck. So got my license when I was 17 years old in Corpus Christi and kind of bounced around everywhere, man. Like that tried to uh, grind and always tried to have a mentor that would teach me. I would try to sit down with people maybe an hour a day with really like people that were sharp. My goal was I want to learn every aspect of real estate. I want to learn about apartment leasing. I want to learn about appraisals. I want to learn about lending. And I want to go do it all. And I wanted to, in my opinion, start at the ground floor, which was what I saw as residential leasing. That's where I wanted to start. And was just very blessed to be around a lot of good companies. This was a small brokerage. They did property management and real estate brokerage. And so I got to understand the value of consistent income on the property management side. That's kind of where it all started. And like, man, it's been a wild ride. I've, you know, I went back home, worked at a commercial brokerage, a guy named Don Quick in Round Rock, and he's like a legend here. And he sat down with me every morning, 7 a.m. for six months for one wow. hour. He wow. just mentored me. Yeah, it was big. It's so big. And then I got accepted into College Station. And I didn't know what to do because I had I was at this job, I was doing pretty well, but I was like now having to go back to school again, right? Start over. And he's like, you got to go. You have to go do this. And so I did. And it was two years of very intense financial analysis, spreadsheets, IRRs, net present value, all that kind of stuff. And then you'd have like a development class taught by a developer, an appraisal class taught by an appraiser. All these things and, and all this, these. This isn't your master's or this is the regular uh, undergraduate? This was the master's. At AM. At AM. And it's a real estate degree? It's a master's of real estate. Yeah. Wow. Uh, man, I don't think they had those programs when, you know, I, I graduated like in 06. And I don't think I had really seen that either that or I didn't know about them, you know, but otherwise it may have been different. I made a state in Corpus. I went from Corpus to San Antonio to get out of the city, but that's so freaking cool, man. Dude, you know what the thing about it was like, what's mm. interesting is I shouldn't have got in. Like I was a grinder and mm. I didn't have the greatest GPA. I had like a 3.0 or something like that. And yeah. so I started looking at this and AM Corpus is a lot different than AM College Station. I mean, it's like, not okay. even close. Yeah. yeah. So I just didn't think I was going to get accepted. But yeah. when I learned about it, I was like, I got to get my grades up. I had about a year. So I got my grades up, got them high. Then I had that experience. I was an easy sell, I think, when I would yeah. go in and, and they're like, oh, yeah, this guy you know, doesn't have the 4.0 in accounting or finance from wherever, mm-hmm. but he's got rookie of the year. That's why that rookie of the year was big for me. It, yeah. You know? Yeah. So I got in and like, I was over my head, dude. These people were smart. And I was like, I don't know what they're talking about. I understand real estate from a different level, but these numbers and all this stuff, I hate it. But I committed to it. I would go in after hours and I learned it and I got good at it. And I found my way to get through that program. But everyone that goes there, they got 100% job placement. They go to JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs, and they go get a salary and all that. 
Yeah. I was this one guy who's like, I'm going to go to Austin and be a broker. Yeah. And I started at a, a retail. So I'll try to give as much color as I can, but I started working at a retail brokerage called Edge. And what happened was, don't let me fool you. I'm not running all these 750 properties to manage. My wife was doing it. Yeah, and yeah. And so she started uh, with my mom's houses. There was about 15 at the time. Yeah. And she started managing those. And I was working at the commercial brokerage. And I was doing high-end retail tenant rep. And my, I mean, my bosses were super smart, sharp guys. I was the, doing the grunt work. They would just tell me to call on the signs, set up the tours, put up the books together. We go wine and dine these clients. It was like Gold's Gym and Dick's Sporting Goods and Blaze Pizza, like all kinds of retailers. Mm-hmm. And it was a different world, man. I was like, man, I'm around some smart people. I'm enjoying this. But it was never me. It was like you got the slacks and the belt and everyone kind of looks like bankers. And I felt like it was corporate. Like I felt like I had a job. What I liked about real estate, which was the something new every day and exciting and around the corners, you know. So eventually what happened was my wife, I was helping her build our company and we got up to about 250 houses that we managed. It was like, <laughs> you know, we had 12, we had 40, we had 70. Yeah. We got this, I ran into this guy who owns a, a company called TDS, uh, Texas Disposal System. Mm-hmm. And they had like 30 properties and like, you guys can manage them all. It was like freaking jackpot for me. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. And so just building that while I was doing the retail brokerage, Learned a lot at the retail brokerage, didn't make a ton of money, but even still getting paid from that today, just because yeah. deals take so long. But you know, you'd split it with the house, you'd split it with another broker, it turned into like a 60K check into 10K. I was like, I could have sold a house in 30 days and made that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So eventually I teamed up with my wife and I left the company. And then we started growing the real estate brokerage aspect of it. Mm-hmm. She was doing the management. And what happened was we took that company and we merged it. We combined with another company that had 400 doors. And then my wife and I now own 33% of this company. And we've got two partners and we're getting 30 doors a month. to So that's one aspect. There's a lot of moving parts, man. Yeah. Let me pause here too, because there's a ton to dig in and I want to move forward as well. But the parts that I, you know, really recognize in a, highly successful individual is even in the very beginning, number one, convinced sounds like one of the players in in Austin, a highly respected, well-known to give you their time 7 a.m. for six months, an hour every morning. And then as a young kid, you had the dedication and the perseverance and, you know, kind of the follow through to say, I'm going to go do that. And Nobody does that mentorship, you know, as a high performing individual without the mentee really giving a lot of value back and showing that, you know, you're actually using this, this information, this coaching, you know, you just don't do that. You, you don't give that much time to somebody. So I'm sure that was huge, pivotal, right? Your parents or your mom, she had those 15 doors. And as a kid, you growing up and seeing that you're like, I want to go be, have, do, right? We're just like, you know, our family and, you know, a lot of ways, What whether you love, love them or you're mad at them, in either way, you're a lot like your parents and, you know, lesson to the parents that are listening and, you know, if you have kids, man, they're, they're going to be like you. So you're going to teach them not with what you say, but how you act, right? So those are the great lessons to learn. And, and I can see where you got it from. Do you know if it was your grandparents 
Were they real estate owners too? Was your mom first gen or second gen? And are you second or third? Do you know? Yeah. Well, there's a cool story. I'll, I'll, uh, I can talk forever on these things. So I'll try to be quick on it. But my grandpa started an asphalt and paving business in Ohio. Yeah. And my mom has 10 brothers and sisters. And wow. so they all kind of worked there at the asphalt company as kids. My dad even worked there and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, cause it's a small town. My uncle saw what my grandpa did and, and moved to Round Rock, Texas, like 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. And my grandpa, it was a, it was a small little business. You know, I mean, I would say, I don't, I don't know. I had a guess like, you know, 500,000 or a million in revenue that in Ohio, yeah. Uh, you know, had a lot of employees and very respectable, provided a lot of jobs and just, yeah. you know, did hard work hard working yeah. himself. It was in it. it. And my other grandpa owned a bowling alley, a small little bowling alley. So I feel like that entrepreneur is in my DNA. Yeah. yeah. But my uncle moved to Round Rock whenever he 25 years ago and started what was called Wheeler Coatings. And all of the brothers and sisters moved to work with him. Mm-hmm. And you know, it was uh, right people uh, had the experience and right time because this was in a market that hadn't grown that much yet. Mm-hmm. Ended up selling this company for hundreds of millions. So that's my mom was making money there. That's yeah. what allowed her to buy these houses. Yeah. The day he sold his company, he gave every brother and sister a million dollar check. Wow. And I have 64 cousins. And wow. He gave, and I was in college and he gave me 10 grand. He gave wow. all So like- that's a crazy whole nother story, but my mom was a big part of that and basically took everything she had from that and then bought real estate and yeah. like sacrificed a lot to get there. Amazing. What an amazing story. And I could see where you're at. If you can sum up or give us one, you know, maybe two nuggets from your childhood till, you know, to you acquiring 750 doors what would you say you learned the most from your family or what, what can we apply you know, t- today for the listener? Great, man. Great question. So I'd say two things. One was is sacrifice. The way I go at it and the things that I'm trying to do, if you want to get there, you got to sacrifice everything. And I've seen people do that. I believe whatever you want to do, if you will sacrifice everything, that you'll get there. I believe that no matter what it is, you know, but yeah. you got to sacrifice everything. And the yeah. second thing is, you know, it's really the people, the people, the people. I've worked for people that I've seen that have like $7 million businesses, $10 million businesses that do very well. Mm-hmm. And they're very, very intense and they're high stress and they're micromanaging. They do a great job. It's their business, they, you know, they deserve everything. They're the boss. But the way I look at it, and, and I know that this can't be 100% true, but I believe this, those are the guys that have the 7 million and not the 100, the 200, the 300 million. And the 200, 300 million, like my uncle, were guys that would take care of people and would find people that were extremely loyal and would do the right thing and give out bonuses when you don't have to. And that's why whenever he, he sold his business, uh, he actually had a non-compete for like seven years. The day it wore off, he started the new, a new company and everyone came and worked for him. It was just as big. He has wow. it right now. Wow. So like... You know, I think you just have to find a lot of great people and treat them right and grow together. Like what I've done with my partnerships is divide and conquer. I don't need to own 100%. I'll own 20% or 30 if, oh, yeah. if I bring that value. You know, I want to bring that value. And so if you get around those people and you can put in the work, like I think you can see amazing results. <clears throat> Man, those are phenomenal points, brother. I'm so glad you kind of shared those two things because, you know, everyone that has massive success has sacrificed something, time, whatever it was, 
whether it's their fun thing that they gave up or an old hobby or whatever, or, you know, just, you know, dead relationships or, or, you know, relationship that wasn't serving you, that was taking you in the wrong path. And they just, you know, gave, they had to sacrifice something, time, effort, energy, all of it. And that's why they're at, you know, that mountain type of success. Yeah. 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 I just thinking about this. Do you think it's possible for anything great to be done without a crazy amount of sacrifice? Is that possible? Man, I, you know, since you asked me this, where my head went to when I heard sacrifice and nothing great can be accomplished and that kind of thing, it was, I think of me personally, I think of one of the greatest sacrifices of the world. And that was, you know, Jesus Christ for me, right? And probably for many others, there's probably many listening, you know, that that was a huge sacrifice. But because of that, then, you know, all of us are, anyone that, that wants to believe is forgiven, is freed. So to me, that's kind of like, man, that's the ultimate. Yeah, that's a huge price. That. <laughs> I love that. That's, hey, you can't top that. It's, it's, it's just a huge and it's massive and it's unquantifiable. And so anyways, that, that's kind of where my head goes. Too. I love that, man. You know, I, what I think of, and I, I'm glad you said that, I think of Kobe Bryant. I think of, you know, he was in the gym all the time. Like, you know, he sacrificed yeah. going out to party. He sacrificed, you know, all this other stuff and that yeah. he was the greatest. Yeah. Yeah. You give those things up to have a different kind of lifestyle. And then the people, man, that's the difference, like you said, between $7 million business and a $200 million business, how you treat others. And, you know, everyone has their own hopes and dreams and desires. Everyone has their own. And if you can help people get theirs, they're going to volunteer their best. You're not going to have to ask. You're not going to have to hold them down. You're not going to have to, you know, discipline to give their best. They're actually going to volunteer their best. If you can help them achieve theirs, man. You've got the world before you if you can motivate and influence people to do that because of, you know, they know you're genuinely, sincerely caring. To break it down, it's like the more people that trust, like, respect you and want to help you out, the better your life's going to be. Agree, man. I can't. There's no fault in that, my friend. I I don't see any uh, (laughs) anything wrong with that statement, man. That's absolutely 100, dude. So yeah, Matt, that's awesome. So we have talked a ton about mindset. If you're listening right now, you should probably rewind a few of these nuggets from Matt. Leading into the commercial multifamily side or the commercial property side, it is you have 750 doors. Now you've applied these nuggets. You grinded, you worked, you networked like crazy. You, you did your part. And then you were willing to give up a percentage to own a bigger number of doors. You have a portfolio of 750 doors. The hard, I'll say it the hard way. <laughs> There's a difference. There's yeah. a difference. Because multifamily, it's, uh, man, if I'm buying a multifamily you know, complex, we've got a couple deals that are under contract and you can have hundreds of doors in one or two transactions, but 750 doors the hard way, that's a lot of work. And then hearing that your wife is, a, you know, like you said, don't, think that I'm doing this on my own. You have an amazing partner that's managing a ton of it. And you were willing to give away a percentage of that so that you can have even a bigger portfolio because there's, man, there's, there's benefits in that scale that in the numbers and the, you know, that whole thing. So tell us maybe, you know, today what your portfolio is, what it looks like, and then tell us about these commercial properties that, you know, you've got a a number of those commercial property deals in addition to all that. 
it's been a grind, man. It, you know, so the 700 doors, a lot of individual meetings, with owners, a lot of BS. It's a negative business. My wife dealt with it. We're looking at maybe even potentially selling and getting out of it. So it could be our first little exit, right? It's kind of cool to say that, oh, but yeah. it'd be our first, because it's the first time also that it's a business that I'm a business owner because I'm not involved in the day to day. My wife is, but she gets paid a salary for that. She could not get that salary and just get paid. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, man, it's been a really, really long way coming. But what I wanted to touch on, which hopefully will be a nugget, is I just found out what I was good at, which was bringing in leads. And I've been able to not do the management and not do the day-to-day, but I'm bringing in leads. And everything with all of our businesses is what that requires of me is construction needs leads, brokerage needs leads, management needs leads, and then finding personal properties. So the 750 is all single family homes, three, two, we're like kind of cookie cutters, 7% management fee, 30 day contract. I've got two other partners and we're growing fast. And yeah, so we might be selling. I'm not sure. We're, we're considering that as an option right now. Yeah, man. Well, good luck and kudos to you on that side. And then your commercial portfolio. Commercial. Yeah. yeah. And also commercial transactions, because you have a lot of stuff going on, even on the wholesale side and the assignment side. So anyways, yeah. Talk to us about all that. Yeah. So really the evolution is I've spent like myself personally, since I've been in the business, which is about 11 years now, I've been doing exactly what my mom did, buying, you know, three, four or five properties per year. And I hit this point where I was like, man, having all these single families is cool, but not really. I want to buy something that cash flows because I've been buying in Austin and they cash flow a little, but really they break even. And so my mind started slowly shifting to small 20 unit apartments, warehouses, mobile homes, stuff storage, all this stuff. So I started looking at it, meeting all the brokers, which is another thing I've done for a long time is network like crazy. And I went out and met every broker, every wholesaler, and I'm on all the lists. And so then I just start analyzing them. And at this point, we have couple duplexes, couple fourplexes. We have an eightplex in uh, New Braunfels. We've got a 14-unit mobile home park. And I've wholesaled a few pretty large deals, 20-unit apartments. And what happened was I was looking at buying it, but then I found someone else and I was like, hey, maybe they'll buy it from me and I don't even have to close on it. So we went through that process and I, I came to the point where I was like, I can make this much by owning it and flipping it. At the same time, invest this much, or I could just make this month much and close right now. And so I wholesaled it, made this big fee, and then I did it again, and I did it again, and then I've got another one, and I've seen this major niche in the one to five million dollar commercial space. And I'm learning, I'm getting all these insights, and it's all just everything's been evolving to get me here. It's like I see this blue ocean of not a lot of competition. Not a lot of agents represent buyers in that space. It's mostly listing brokers. Most of the listing brokers have the bigger stuff. And so we are just putting them under contract. We're either closing them or we're wholesaling them. And I'm finding this niche and I'm trying to figure it out, man. It's like, why does this niche exist? And maybe you can help me with this. Is it because owners don't want to set assign buyer rep agreements for listings and with buyer's agents? Like, why does a broker be driven to capture more value instead of just giving it to a certain client. Does that make sense? Yes. No. Tell me a little bit more. Like keep elaborating. Hello. Hello. You're listening to the five talents podcast. I'm your host, Abel Pacheco. 
If you're enjoying this podcast, then I know you're serious about achieving financial freedom. Are you ready to create your own path through multifamily investing for yourself and your family? Then I know you're going to appreciate our investor's guide to multifamily investing. It's titled Tackling Commercial Real Estate the Easy Way. We use this guide to invest ourselves in $93 million worth of real estate. So we're going to show you the basic mechanics of multifamily syndications and how to evaluate your next passive investment opportunity. So the best part, if you subscribe to our podcast now, leave us a review and a rating. I'm going to give you a free copy of our ebook. So please take a moment to do that now. Once you've done that, go to 5tcre.com forward slash ebook, 5tcre.com forward slash ebook. Make sure to let us know you left a review and we're going to send you a free copy. So thank you so much for subscribing to the Five Talents Podcast. We really appreciate it. Well, like a guy wants to sell his property right now. For perfect example. There's a guy that I know, $2.9 million. Okay. And I could go list it. I could go list it and start working for him and do all this stuff. As the broker. As the broker. Okay. Uh, but I don't want to because this guy's difficult. Like he just is. And so I'd rather just find a buyer and put his deal under contract with the price that him and I agree on and then transfer it to this new buyer and make the difference. A hundred percent. Way easier than listing it and deal with all this stuff and yada, yada, yada. Yes. Yeah. And, and so it works on both. It works on both ends. I mean, if you have a buyer that's looking for something, say you're a buyer, right? You're probably going to buy a property. Say you're a buyer in, in this next year, you're going to buy a property, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you're not going to just have one broker looking for you. No, that's correct. I have so multiple. Buy, exactly. So you're going to buy one, but there could be a broker that represents you that doesn't get paid. He would, he doesn't want to do that, but that's part of the game historically. But mm-hmm. that's driven me to, hey, Abel, here's a property I have under contract. Do you want it? Versus me, you know, I'd rather spend more time doing that than searching for deals to put in front of people that I don't know if I'm going to get paid or not on. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's interesting, man. It's really it, interesting. It is. I, I think you've carved out a pretty good niche, but keep going. I get, so like, when I was at Edge, I heard about this girl in San Antonio that made 400000 on a wholesale fee. Holy and moly. Look, we're all in this to make money, right? I mean, we want to do things the right way and, and build a legacy and everything, but real estate's about making money. And I heard that and I was like, whoa, I've got to figure this out. Like, I knew who this girl was. She wasn't doing anything crazy. It was like, I could do this. And then I'm working with people that, and basically what she did was she put a property under contract for 800,000. It was land and she sold it to a multifamily developer for 1.2. Yeah. So I was like, that's amazing. She deserves that money. She found value, all this stuff. It's great. But then I have people that I'm working with that I know put way more time into commercial real estate than she does Mm -hmm. and way Mm -hmm. more effort. And they see way more deals (laughs) and they never make money like that. They just go and they would find that deal and give it to the multifamily developer. And the multifamily developer would get the 400K discount and he'd get his 3% commission. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? And so it's a really crazy dynamic. Obviously, you can't wholesale it to your own client as a broker. That's like, you know, you got to represent them. But yeah, you you're representing. Them. Yeah. So it's just this interesting niche. And I've, it's, I've pulled it off about five times now with a partner and they're big deals. And we've got another one in the works and it's like, 
this is the easiest, like it, it's taken a lot of time and effort and knowledge to get here, but it's by far the easiest money that I've ever made. Okay. So you're going to help demystify some of this for our listeners. So I understood most of what you were talking about, right? But there's a paradigm that I don't understand. And that paradigm is as a broker, a commercial broker, one, because I've never been a real estate broker. Number two, I sure know there's a lot of difference between a commercial broker. There's no MLS. For those that are listening that are passive investors, this is something that you're trying to understand. Hey, this conversation, what does it mean to me? As a passive investor, you're trying to find the best deal to put your money into so somebody else can do all this work. They, you know, they're going to do the deal. They're going to syndicate it or JV or whatever. You're probably, if you're listening to this, you're looking for like that syndication nugget. Which deal should I be investing in? Now, what Matt's talking about is trying to find these properties that are not listed on the MLS, like that single family terms. There's not really an MLS for commercial properties. There's maybe LoopNet or Crexy is closest to it, but all the brokers, they have the relationship with an owner. The owner helps them quote unquote list it, which is then talk to all of their contacts to help them sell it. And that's what I would use that for. I go through a broker because there's no way I'm going to know all the owners that are trying to sell a property. And unless I market like crazy to try to find off market, I have a buddy that spent a hundred grand in six months, 15K a month. And he, he found this million dollar nugget and he made like 2 million bucks or something crazy, right? Worth it. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, to him, completely worth it. If you're not that person like myself, I'm like, oh man, I don't know if I could put out that much marketing dollars in six months. But if I'm not, then I talk to a broker. So that's what Matt's basically, we're kind of talking all uh, this stuff about is, you know, the paradigm. So what I don't understand, Matt, and you probably have a good understanding of is that broker paradigm because I just don't have it, right? I think of it, I go, man, if I was the person, it's clear as day to me what you're doing. If I had the relationship and I was the person that would go do that, man, if I could just wholesale this thing, I'm not going to be a broker. I'm not going to work on 3%. I'm going to try to get it for eight and sell it for 1.2 because it's really worth 1.5 then I've just saved somebody $300,000 and I made my 400 and you know, that guy's happy. So I completely understand it. You know, that's, I forget my original, you know, frame of reference, but that's what I wanted to make sure everyone understands, you know, in this conversation. So Matt, you've been finding these properties like crazy. What do you do first to market or find these off market deals in commercial multifamily? Oh, sorry. Even then I, I still mix up. What are you doing to find off-market properties, commercial properties in general, this one to $5 million sweet spot that you're in? Yeah. And also, just to be clear, I have wholesaled uh, a deal that a broker had listed. So (laughs) what it really comes down to at the end of the day is knowing value and seeing value that others don't. Because if I saw that, knew that it was worth more to someone else than that broker, his seller was probably pissed. Because yeah. I sold it to someone else for more. So that means that that broker underpriced it. Yeah. And yeah. that's the thing, man, is, you know, there's 16,000 licensed real estate agents. There's so many people doing real estate. Competitive advantage. The more and more I think about it, it's reality. It's like the more you know, the more you put in than that other person, mm-hmm. then you have the upper hand to make the money on the deal. Agreed. If you know it's worth five grand more than the broker listed it for, which is out there all the time. 
Yeah. You know, so it's all about knowing that value and seeing it. Yeah. We look at diamonds at the end of the process, carved out clarity, cut, you know, however the diamond should shape. And we see it pretty on a ring. However, I think very few people have actually seen a diamond in the rough, right? An actual diamond get carved out of a piece of rock. Who knows what that looks like? I don't know it. I've never seen it. So if you don't know what you're looking for, you don't know the diamond and the end process. If you good. do, if you've that seen it, good. then you're like, oh, this is a huge diamond. It is amazing. And you're people are looking for the, you know, the diamond in the ring and, and, and not I've in struggled the rough. with it. I've struggled with it, man, because it's like, you know, I really want to be a good person. And I'm like, am I taking advantage of people? And it's like, no, I'm not, you know, they're doing what they do. This is my knowledge. This is skill. Like, it's just like yeah. anything in the world, like buying a stock, buying a car, even in, with athletes, the more time you put in, you know, the more you study, the more yeah. Tom Brady studies other teams, the better he is, you know? Yeah. And so Absolutely, that's what yeah. it is, is there's like that little niche of like, just knowledge about values. Agreed a hundred percent. So before we talk about that, cause I want to hit it. But what do you do to find these deals? Where are you marketing? How are you getting off? You know, yeah, yeah. Sorry, how do yeah. you all get these inbound uh, leads? So at the end of the day, man, it's hardcore hustle. It's 24-7. And what I like to say is lines in the water. I've got hundreds of lines in the water. And what that means is offers, people that I've talked to that know I'm looking, all kinds of things. You know, it's you make 20 to 30 a day sometimes. I've done 60 a day for three months at periods. And so I've got deals that coming to me tomorrow that were from six months ago or a year ago. This one we're wholesaling right now. I've been working on it. I had the contract a year ago and mm -hmm. I dropped it and then I did it again and now we're wholesaling it. So it's just a constant outreach all the mm -hmm. time. We've done everything. We've done, we have a wholesale company. So we have cold calls every day. We're not doing mailers now, but we've sent mailers. It's like any way you can find a deal ultimately would be mailers, cold call, door knock, network, Door to door, you know, if you do all these things, you'll find deals. And yeah, so, yeah, I guess over time we've gravitated towards now we're looking at more and more of the ones we like. Like I told you, I went to San Antonio the other day and looked at two complex. I made an offer on both of them, low mm -hmm. offer. But I guess here's another thing, man, is why would you not like every property potentially has a price at what you'd buy it? Mm -hmm. So, why would you not make an offer on every property you look at? Yeah, at least at the number that makes sense. And then yep. you will get those deals. Mm -hmm. They'll come back to you. Mm -hmm. Yes. And to answer your question, I think some people in the multifamily space, at least in my area, don't want to offend a broker with a low offer and put an LOI or go through the LOI part of it and look bad yeah. and continuously do that if every single deal that the broker brings you, you put in a low ball offer. However, you know, there's in between ground also, which is you know, putting something in writing and say, Hey man, we're pretty far off. Here's why, you know, your expenses are way too low on this property for how I would manage it. And then, you know, your, your gross potential rent versus, you know, what, what you're planning on, you know, for the, for the future, I don't think it's going to actually have the value add component. So you're asking for 10, the best we could do is like eight. Do you want me to put that in writing or, you know, maybe I'll send well, you an email. What do you hey. think? Right. Just ask, is there something wrong with that? Now you're being respectful and also putting a number out, you know, maybe in an email. Make a good point. I think you make a really good point. And it's like, dude, to, 
even just write it and put all that in there and send it to them and follow, right? Yeah, yeah. You know yeah, how yeah. long it takes them to look at it? Five seconds. If you do things the right way, like what you just said, mm-hmm. and you give them a little reason and you stay in touch with them, have mm-hmm. coffee, have lunch. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen these brokers, man. Half of these guys never bought multifamily in their life. Half of them never owned it. They're yeah. selling a big picture, you yeah. know, and it's kind of crazy. Like when I was first getting started, I had this older guy. He's like, this is a great deal. You should do this, all this stuff. And I'm like, more I learned, I was like, dude, if I would have done that deal, I would have lost 700K. Oh, and yeah. so these brokers are, you know, who cares? Like, you know, do your best job, but they're not out for your interest. And if they're not going to get that mad if you put up an offer and they see it. If you put it <laughs> under contract and screw them around, that's a different story. That's a different story. Tie up someone's deal for three months and yeah. someone's going to be really mad. Oh, everyone would be mad. Before we kind of move, I heard off market. Cold calling, mailers, knocking on doors, getting lists. What does your business look like today? How many people are, you know, under your staff and how many, you know, what, what would you say your marketing expenses right now on a monthly basis? I'll try to give you a quick overview because it all kind of comes sure. in. So we've got 30% of the property management company. We've got 30% of a uh, construction remodeling company. Okay. 50-50 with my partner on the brokerage. Mm-hmm. And then we've got me and that guy have 30% of the wholesale company. Mm-hmm. So all of these things bring leads to each other yes. because we're all real estate related and everything knows what we're, everyone knows what we're doing. So yeah. on the wholesale company, we're probably spending like three to four grand a month. Not much. You know, okay. a lot of these things are coming from offers on multifamily, but mm-hmm. a real estate brokerage pays five grand. We have a guy salary position, five grand a, a month for marketing. And we yeah. put out new videos every day. He's, bless his heart, man. His wife's pretty sick in the hospital. Mm. So it's pretty bad. But we're just kind of like going all out on the social media. And so social media will get construction leads, which will get us in, you know, maybe we're remodeling a commercial warehouse. Mm-hmm. And then maybe we buy that or the one next door. Like we're just always looking. It's yeah. just, it's everywhere. So and maybe... Five-ish, three-ish, 8K-ish on a minimum, just for those couple things. I guess, but more than anything, it's the time. Okay. It's like That was my next kind of question here. It's So you're spending all this money, you got all these cycles, not counting networking for brokers, everything else, meeting with people, taking meetings, doing lunches. How much of that is your time getting in there and grinding for this when you said 30 to 60, you know, 60 appointments or meetings, calls, is that in a week? Is that you? Is that all of you as a team? That's my role is to do that. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Boom. Look at that, dude. Just an owner, you know, at the top of everything for those listeners, he's getting his hands dirty. He's grinding. He's not above his own, you know, role and position and title. It's like, this, this is what he does. That's awesome, man. Congrats, dude. Now, so on the 75%, network, 75% of my time is networking. 75% of his time is networking. That's how he's finding a ton of deals. And then networking for brokers. Tell us about, like you said, you met a ton of them. I don't know what the numbers are again, but maybe go, go through that. How, how many years has it been? How many you know relationships? How many meetings? Like, just give us a high oh, level. Dude, I don't think anyone's done it like this. It's pretty wild. Fair. It's been about four years, like anybody and everybody I could. Anyone whose name I kept seeing, I'm getting in front of. I'm asking who they know. I'd meet with the biggest developer in Austin, and I'd go meet with the kid in high school. Like, I'd just take any meeting. And it was this crazy approach. Like, nobody gets it because they're like, you're just wasting your time. Like, 
people don't do that. People don't just go and, and like the key of all of this, man, was I had value to bring. This was after everything. This was after the master's degree, after the work, after the mentors. So it was like, there's no way I can not go to a meeting and give this person value because I know so much about something that if they somewhat care about real estate, I can get them excited. Mm -hmm. And then I can actually add value. I can get them in contact with someone. I can help them analyze it. I can show them this. And so it gave me that confidence. But then I also put in the work to say, hey, you know, I'll buy this guy's coffee. I'll buy this lunch. And I'll also give all the value. It was just give, 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 give forever. And then it built this big network of people that I have the ability to tap into. And half the time when we have a deal, I'll wholesale it to someone that I met. And I know if I didn't meet this person, I wouldn't be wholesaling this deal. I just know that. And it's like, that was the difference in us making the money on this deal or not. Yeah. Yeah. That's so awesome. Just a, a sheer volume the numbers, a commitment, a dedication, the same thing. I think it sounds like when you were younger, 17 year old kids, 7am meetings for six months, you know, with no end inside. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to keep grinding. Except you've just made it all out commitment to kind of keep doing what you're doing. And that's how you're winning today, man. That's awesome. And all the broker relationships, the networking, that side, like you said, you can see the deals, analyze the deals. You can look at a number of them. And the more you look at, just the easier everything gets. It's, it's like everything becomes clear, you know? Yeah. See what they sell for. And yeah, but I just started, you know, one after another, broker after broker, coffee, lunch. Who are they? Who do you know? Who should I talk to? Yeah. How can I add value for you? Oh, you got listings? I'll get it in front of my buyer. You know? <laughs> and how, how many commercial properties, in addition to the 750 houses, how many commercial properties do you own? Go through uh, just a quick rundown. Yeah, not a ton. So I've got... Not a ton to some people. Yeah, yeah. The mass majority of people are like, what? Go ahead, go ahead. I just don't, you know, I don't know, man. I've got this thing where I just want to shine the light on it. It's been a hustle. And some people come out and say they own 10,000 units and it means something different. It's, yeah. I just, I don't know. But I've got an eight plex. I've got a 14 unit mobile home. I've got four duplexes. I've got a fourplex. And then I've got like some passive investments in, Four or five syndication deals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you did some retail construction, retail development. Yeah, yeah. So did a, a two uh, 7,000 square foot retail buildings mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. leased them to Mad Green's Fireball mattress firm and sold it with some partners. And we bought it. We got the leases signed. We developed it and we sold it. I love it. I love it. Congratulations, man. Uh uh, if you don't mind me asking too, how old are you? How many years has this run been? We know you started when you were 17, yeah. 18, and then how old I'm are you now? I'm 29. Love it, man. Congratulations, brother. You're going to have amazing run the next 10 years, only bigger and better for you. And your wife and children, kids? Yeah, two kids, man. And wife is a huge part of it. And every single person that I've brought on is, you know, it's still, it's still a grind, man. I put in the work just as hard. It's, the one thing that I always want to get across to people is it's really, really hard when you're getting started. It really is because it's when you're full commission. And once you see those results, it just gets easier to work harder because you're yeah. like, wow, this, you, when, cause you don't know it works. I mean, when I got my first, like, you know, I had worked all these jobs and, you know, got like 400, $500 paychecks, a thousand. 
and I did my first real estate deal. I got like eight grand and I was, it just <laughs> blew, blew my mind. Like what? You're like, what happened here? I thought we were in real estate. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Before you go, we're going to have to have you back again to talk about all kinds of marketing stuff. And I have a few minutes more. I don't know if you have a heart stop or not. But no, I'm good, man. Okay, cool. Before you go, what? Where can our listeners, our maybe investors, people that you know want to get into your world a little bit more? Where do they reach out to go to talk with you, to network with you? Whether whether I'm a broker, an investor, or yeah, somebody I'm that's easy. trying to learn. I'm easy, man. I'm on Facebook. Matt Typekey at Gmail is my email. We've got Typekey Real Estate website. You type in uh, Typekey Real Estate on YouTube. We're pretty. We're we're pretty prevalent. We're doing a lot on social media, so really easy to find. Right on. Right on. We'll put all those links in the show and notes too. So tell us about your YouTube page because when I first, how I got connected to you, one of my guests on the podcast connected me to Matt and they said, you need to meet Matt. He's in Austin. You guys are right up the road. And this is one of my buddies on the podcast, Adam Carswell. He's in New Zealand. And he's like, you need to meet with Matt. He's down the road from me. He's in Austin. He's a super connector. And I go, okay, well, cool. Let me reach out to him. And, and then Matt, I think you put in a couple of links. Oh yeah, Abel, look forward to meeting you. Check out my YouTube page. So I got to look through a little bit of that before. Tell us what's going on here your YouTube page, man. Yeah, man, that's a good, I'm glad you said it because ever since I've been doing the reaching out, you know, I was on a, I just took this huge social media approach and would always like, I'd go on bigger pockets and I'd answer a hundred unanswered posts every day. I'd go on all the Facebook pages. And every time I would do it, I would put, you know, TRE and I'd put our YouTube channel like every time. And it was just, it just started getting out there. So that's what it was, man. Just constantly staying in front of people, adding that value. We've been going at this YouTube and social media for about three and a half, four years. I've got a great buddy who runs it, pay him a full salary. He does, you know, filming, editing posting. We're, we've, we try to do a video every day. I mean, we've got hundreds of videos. We've got a podcast that we did in the past with a hundred and some episodes. We've got a new one that's got about nine episodes. It's called The Real Estate Podcast. I don't know if like we trademarked that or what, but they said it was available. The Real Estate Podcast. But we just go, we just go at it, man. We're posting, you know, like I said, my buddy, his wife, his wife's not doing well. She's got cancer and praying for man and uh so it's we've had this big push for a video a day and and he's got this thing going on and and you want to know something just real is i'm still paying him he's not putting out videos but i'm paying him and it's expensive but i'm not gonna let my guy down and he's it's been about a a month and a half two months since this has been going on and today he's like it's getting getting pretty bad so that's that i just say that because it's taking care of people and that's a freaking extreme example, but I would do that if it was something else, you know, uh, and that's how you get good people on your team. And so Andrew has been a, the biggest part of that ever. I've given him all the rope in the world to just go do your thing, Andrew, make it cool, make it fun, have fun. Let's film it. Let's go. And it's helped build a really cool brand that, you know, people reach out to us and it's, we still feel like we have a lot of ways to go there, but we're committed to it. We're not giving up on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And there's, probably a ton of value. <laughs> if I go on to the YouTube, I can see all kinds of videos and all kinds of insight. And it's kind of like your daily process, right? Going to meet a, you know, a new seller. I'm looking through a property. I'm developing something. I'm making offers and whatever That's those what are. It it's like your daily thing, right? It's all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Just the Gary V approach, right? Go work and then document it all. And it then is. that's it pretty is. freaking awesome. That's pretty cool. How long have you been doing that? 
four years. Four years. <laughs> well, congrats, man. I'm super happy to have you on the show and we get to bring some additional exposure for you, my friend. And and then now as I hear kind of commercial, 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 deal one, two, three, four, five, six, wholesale commercial deal one to five million, one to five million, one to five million. I hope to work with you in the future on something. We'll connect on something since we're close to each other, man. Absolutely, man. We'd love yeah. to. Is there anything today that you wanted to touch on that I didn't ask about? I didn't bring up and you wanted to, you know, just really either highlight or if there's not, maybe last parting words or wisdom inside, however much time you you need. You know, I really just, I don't know, man, I I freaking love this. I've committed to it. Like not many people have, I want to be great. I don't want to be cocky or arrogant about it. And I want to shine light on stuff. I feel very blessed. I'm not, super motivated by fancy things, but I want to do some big things in this life. And I see all the possibility in the world for anybody that wants to commit to this. I, I see no reason why you can't go do the same exact thing. My mom did it, single mom. I've got black female full-time nurse agents that are with us that are doing it every day. People that could have every excuse in the world. And like, uh, I think, you know, it all comes down to how much you want to put in. And if you want to put it in, I want to I want to be a resource to help you do that. And I think I can be a resource and I'll match you, you know? And so like, I see how this can change your life, really change your life and be generational wealth. And I'm passionate about it. Like, I think everyone should have real estate. I really do. I don't see why not. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I love it. Your kids are going to be in a different category, different position, a different way of thinking, just like you were, you know, a different way of thinking because of your mom. And, and that's a blessing. And vice versa. It's going to be awesome. And that's the biggest blessing. And th- that's what like, I, I could have not had that mom, right? But maybe I can, maybe I can plant that seed for someone else. So yeah. that's what it, that's really what it is, is I want people like, if people, you know, there's some people that were going to complain about it, but if people are, are really going to do it, I want to help them get there. If they really want to put in that work. I don't see why they can't. My man, Matt Teifke. I love it, brother. Well, good, man. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Five Talents Podcast. I'm your host, Abel Pacheco. If you got something today from this show, which I know you did, leave us a review, leave us a five-star rating, You know, reach out to him, go to his YouTube, go connect, go learn some stuff, and you're going to get some value a bunch of different ways from him, from us, and hopefully we... Uh, got more than a few things that will change your paradigm and change your approach on how you're doing things for you, your family, the legacy that you you guys are creating. So thank you very much, Matt. Thanks a lot, brother. This is awesome. Thanks, man. I enjoyed it. Appreciate yeah, it. Really loved it. So thank you very much. We hope to have you again. And in the future, we can do a case study on your next big freaking deal. And <laughs> we'll say congrats as always, man. But thank you very much and appreciate you joining the show. Cool, man. Everyone get after it, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Five Talents Podcast with your host, myself, Abel Pacheco. Each week, we're going to bring you interviews from industry experts and commercial real estate investors who follow their dreams and achieve massive success. Before you leave, let me ask you a few questions. Did you enjoy this episode? Did you learn something valuable? Was your mind stretched to what's possible and what you can achieve? Do you want other experts just like the one you heard today? If you answered yes to any or all of those questions, then please take a moment to subscribe to the Five Talents Podcast, give us a five-star rating, and most importantly, leave us a written review. 
Tell us what you liked. Tell us your favorite guests. Give us any feedback. I'm excited to learn and improve so you can get a more valuable show. So thank you again for subscribing to the Five Talents Podcast.